You are listening to Ayahuasca Talks, and I am your host, Rebecca Hayden. For those of you who are interested in self-discovery and healing through hypnosis, please email me at rebecca.hayden at gmail.com to book a free consultation. Welcome to another edition of Ayahuasca Talks. Today we have Nishala Lindsay Johnson joining us, and Nishala is a yoga instructor. She's a sound healer, integration coach, and spiritual counselor. Welcome, Nishala. So nice to have you here today. Thank you, Rebecca. It's so nice to be here. It's been a long time coming. Um, yeah, we've chatted quite a bit and and had our mega chat before the show, and I'm really <laughs> excited about the topics we've come up with. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't know if you want to uh, kick it off with the, with the big one that we have. We're ready to burst out of the closet with. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about illness and uh, spirituality, and. Um, we have both been uh, dealing with with uh, different, you know, physical manifestations in various forms, and uh, and we were talking about the fact that um, as we start to learn about the kinds of things that some of these illnesses represent, um, we sense in the community sometimes there's judgment around this. So um, yes. Yeah, we start to pick up on feelings uh, implied or uh, expressed about um, that that people seem to sometimes feel as though they may have an idea as to why someone may be suffering from this or that. And and I'm wondering if if we're falling into an all too familiar trap with that. Um, I know that uh, I grew up in an atmosphere, um, a religious atmosphere, Catholicism, and uh, there were a lot of um, guilt themes and a lot of judgment. And I, I hate to see that creeping into our, you know, new community. I don't think it's very new. I think spirituality has <laughs> been with us forever, but you know what yeah. I mean. Um, I, I hate to see us, us, you know, fall into similar trends um, and, and erect barriers between us and, and, and start to engage in those, those kinds of behaviors that um, we actually go to the medicine to help with, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, I just want you to share a bit about your own impressions around that. Absolutely. You know, it, it, like you're saying, it, it can be very difficult and it teaches us a lot, you know. Um, there are so many things that I personally feel I have received as a gift through my illness. Um, one, like, you know, gaining compassion for myself, gaining compassion for others, um, learning how much of the way I feel about myself is dictated from others outside of me, but getting to that place where I was really willing to look at my illness as a gift, um, to get out of the victim mentality, how, how much am I feeling sorry for myself and how much do I trust spirit, you know? Um, so for me, it was a lot of, I think on the path a big lesson for me was learning that ascension, right? This, this spiritual ascension that we talk about wasn't about running away from my body. And, and it kind of took me getting 
you know, a very, for me, it was, you know, dealing with Lyme disease and parasitic infections and like really forcing me to get into my, my body. And now I feel very different. You know, I feel like it's, it's embodying ascension, you know, bringing the heavens down to earth. And it's, it's a clearing process. It's, um, am I willing to trust and my faith, no matter what other people say, because I can tell you that I am better at what I do because I understand illness so much better. I understand what it's like to go through something where, you know, you may even feel like you're facing death. And that is how I felt a few years ago. And it's like, it's really made me much more aware as a healer, as a person. And not learning to uh, not learning do learn <laughs> um not to identify myself too much with the illness and yeah. you know and if others are doing that to me then of course they're doing that to themselves too right but mm -hmm. we are not the illness um but we can learn from it and all of these sort of ego-based judgments, you know, I can say that I've, there was a time in my life coming from Southern Baptist background, we, we had similar themes to Catholicism for sure. And there was like this judgment, oh, you must be being punished by God. Yes. You know? Yeah. And, and it's not as, it's not as, um, I don't sense in, 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 you know, within the spiritual community, um, this new or emerging one that I, that I seem to be, you know, part of, I don't sense it being as black and white as that, but there is a feeling that, that people are still, you know, attached to that idea somehow that it's somehow damning, you know, without saying those words, you know? Right. And I think it boils down to fear, right? Everybody's afraid to not be okay. Yeah. And we're not going to grow if we don't, if we're not willing to get uncomfortable. So it's like this, this ego fear of, oh my God, I, I, I'm afraid that I'll get sick. And so I need to be good. And, and the truth is like, our spirit is beyond this good or bad. We're here to learn and you cannot avoid being uncomfortable in life. Like that's part of growth. It's beautiful when we let it be. <laughs> yes. Yes, mm -hmm. I remember um, when I was just, you know, at the tail end of a ceremony, ayahuasca um, gave me a lesson around that. And the lesson was um, the fact that the, these discomforts and these experiences we have where we learn what we're doing that's working against us or whatever the case may be, those are the lessons. If we wish them away, we, we're not going to learn. So she was kind of telling me, um, you're you you want the lessons with before uh you want the, to have learned the lessons before i put them on the board you know and she's you right. know indicating like a, a teacher at the chalkboard and those those life experiences that are uncomfortable those are those lessons on the chalkboard um we can't have them without them being put on the board you know <laughs> absolutely and i think you know, if we're being honest with ourselves, all of us can agree that we learn so much more through experience 
than just someone telling us, oh, this is the answer. (laughs) Sometimes this is the answer, the the illness itself. So um, I remember the first time um, during one of my first ceremonies anyway, years ago, um, I I just had this feeling, uh, this really uncomfortable feeling down down my back. And, you know, it's so impossible to describe. It was just it was awful. It was like, it made me, you know, want to jump out of my skin. And, and there it was. And I could tell that they were, that these spirits were removing it, that, that ayahuasca was attempting to remove it or in the process of removing it. And I just had to experience it while that was going on. And, right. and I asked in my mind, you know, what's happening? It's just like, you're very sick, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I've had layers of that removed since. You know, and I go through these periods where I feel relieved of it, and then there's the next layer. And you know, at, at the beginning, this was very devastating. <laughs> I thought, oh no, I thought it was supposed to be all over, and that was the end of it. But, you know, <laughs> not quite. Not not such a linear experience either. You know, we we do tend to a lot of us, and and when I'm saying people, you know, I I've had these experiences too. I've had these experiences where suddenly I'm trying to um, comprehend the things that I'm learning in the context of what I had experienced before and it won't work, you know, like in that Catholic context that I never bought into, but I was obviously influenced by. And, right. and it's just a matter of bringing it up so that we can be consciously aware of, of doing these things or trying to, you know, to fit these in our minds in certain ways and that there's a choice and that we don't have to, Right. Absolutely. But these layers that really surprised me and and it's a matter of getting used to. And even when I was trying to get used to them, I still tried to, I tried to make it fit into this linear idea of things. And it's just not the way it is, you know, (laughs) oh, I'm getting better or I'm not, or I'm making progress or I'm not. It's just, I, I, I really don't think it's like that. Not for me. Right. <laughs> it has not been for me either. I, I think that's a, a universal thing. Um, yeah. And, you know, even though when I started to work deeper with ayahuasca, it would seem on the outside that um, my illness was progressing instead of getting better. It was the shift in me that it took to, like, stop and look at myself. I know I spent a lot of time. And I think a lot of us do in this society, like going, 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 doing, 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 doing. And it took like getting sick (laughs) to slow me down and check in with myself. Like, you know, we're not for whatever reason, we're sort of programmed like, oh, it's better to do for others than to do for yourself. When the truth is, if my cup isn't full, I'm not serving at my fullest capacity anyways. And I certainly don't know myself. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's actually a a big responsibility of any, any teacher, any any person who, um, who aspires to help others, you know, that there's, um, uh, there's a great responsibility there to help oneself because that's how we learn too, right? The, the, most, the greatest insight we can gain. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> and, you know, 
just like you're, we've, we've said, everyone knows, like experience is the best teacher. If I cannot do this for myself, then how am I going to do this for others? Um, really deeply get to get down in there to really look at the parts of ourselves that feel like maybe in victim mentality, or maybe we're ashamed or whatever it is, like these periods of when we're not feeling so good, really let us examine how we show up when things are not easy, you know? And yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. So crucial. <laughs> it really is. Um, another thing that, they, that you brought up that we discussed before, which is important, is there's so much guilt about this, you know? I mean, it's hard enough dealing with the physical, you know, sensations of growth, which sometimes I believe that's what it is. Other times it's you know, inexplicable stuff that we may not even understand now until down the line. But it's hard enough to contend with with what's happening um, physically without all the emotions like the guilt. And, and, you know, it may be part of it, but I think we do have a choice as to how we respond, just like everything else, right? Right. And I'd like to, you know, offer up that that option of, you know, responding to it differently without guilt. Yes, yes. It it took me a while. I went through when things were really difficult for me. Um, I went through this feeling of how am I going to help the world if if I'm so sick and right. I felt so guilty about it. <laughs> yes, and it was just you know double doubling down on how hard things were for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's You're not, not alone. <laughs> You're so not alone. And I know that we are not alone. And I know a lot of people are going to hear this and they're going to identify with it for sure. Right, right. And I think uh, for me, and I think for a lot of us, another thing that it really brought into my view, um, being sick, you know, and so we become more aware of the things that we're putting into our bodies and what's going on in our environment. So I became even more aware of how my choices affect the earth and what's going on in the earth and how not clean the water supply is, you know, all these things that contribute to that. So it really raises my awareness. And we had talked before too about what if we were blaming the earth for everything that she's going through? Like what kind of sense would that make? It's like, Oh, this is true. This is a very good parallel there. So yeah, let's say, you know, we we have hurricanes or whatever. It's like, oh my God, nature's whacked. You know, it should all be pleasant all the time and, you know, never erupt. There should never be these things. Right. And she teaches us, you know, that we do, we, it's necessary to go through storms. It like evolution happens and nobody ever said that evolution was going to be easy. (laughs) And if they did, they were lying. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, of course. So if we can learn from nature and, and hold the same compassion that we would hold for a child that is born with an illness or an animal that has an illness, you know, exactly. Yeah. What did that baby do? (laughs) How did that baby deserve, you know, that illness that they end up with? I mean, there are many of us that are just going through these transitions. And um, I think that there are all kinds of opportunities there to look at it differently and, you know, to overcome, uh, to use it as an opportunity to overcome some of those ideas that we have about it. Right. Right. 
some of those improvements that we've had and, and that we've held. And, you know, there's so many opportunities there. There really are. And we just have to be willing to open our awareness to see them and choose them over what anyone else thinks or any guilt feelings that we may have or any of those things or shame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they come together, right? Shame and guilt. Um, and, you know, we can't always know um, until later what it's about or we can know. But, you know, we're climbing mountains here, you know, when we start to work with this medicine and we start to, or we just start the path of, of spiritual growth or personal growth and say, hey, we want to overcome something we've been contending with for a lifetime. You know, just imagine, you know, uh, the enormity of, of that, that kind of um, decision and, and what may come of it. Um, a lot of the things that we do experience are a result of, of these intentions that we have, you know, it doesn't always happen Absolutely. overnight. Right. It, it rarely happens the way, the way we think it's going to happen. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it is the happening. Sometimes it is, you know, happening through the illness itself or through what we call illness, Absolutely. you know? Yes. Yes, and there have been many people throughout history who, you know, they, they faced illness and it's like what ended up leading them to their soul path. Oh, yeah, because this is well, for me too. How about you? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. It's been super interesting. It's led me to teaching children and then learning about important the inner child is and then through this work we work with the inner child and the breath and the illness and just everything how to get out of victim mentality so that we can experience empowerment and sovereignty and you know faith not identifying with you know yoga teaches us that we are not our thoughts we are not our body we are any of these things we right. experience things and we hold awareness for them and yes they are our teachers <laughs> But we're really beyond all that. Um, and that's what ayahuasca seeks to help us see yoga, all these spiritual practices, many, many spiritual practices. Um, to find it in spiritual truth, like we are whole and perfect, no matter what's going on in the physical realm. And we are far more than these pieces of us that show up in the physical realm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I've um, told this story many times about how depression really was the turning point for me in terms of um, changing my direction in life towards spirituality. Uh, I, I, I can't think of anything else that would have done that. So in the end, I ended up grateful. I remember being absolutely confounded by people who said they were grateful for illness or for anything that happened in their life that was, you know, tragic in any way. But now I get it because I, I was, I ended up being very grateful for that. And so I wonder where these other experiences we're having on a physical level are leading us. You know, I know that I've got some pretty high ambitions when it comes to <laughs> growth. I, I won't pretend yes. I don't, you know. Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> yeah, and 
you know, if we had this sort of easy life, we wouldn't understand the depths of life. And I really do believe the concept of, you know, the deeper that you feel, the higher awareness comes out of it, um, the more appreciation for life, um, the ability to feel, you know, um, and appreciate and expand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can't always know, especially when I'm when I'm in it. I do have an inkling as to some of the some of the things that I'm growing out of through some of these illnesses. Um, but I, you know, hindsight is, is just so brilliant. And sometimes I, I look forward to that hindsight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we always know it's coming. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I do my, my best to, to be okay with where I'm at. And, and, you know, um, there are times that I inquire deeply at it, at that level of, of illness where I'm like, okay, what is this telling me? And then there are other times where, you know, I'm just at peace with it and I try not to um, to focus too much on it. And this is what ayahuasca is asking me uh, to do now. And again, these things are not black and white for everybody. You know, it's not like, okay, it is written. Everybody must do this uh, as an in response to this. Um, right. But because, yeah, I mean, I think that I've had different um I've been guided in different ways at different times for, for reasons that I don't fully understand, you know, where I'm at at the time, that's almost always it. And we're also very unique, but there are times when I did have to inquire deeply. And there are other times like now where I'm being asked to focus elsewhere. Yeah. You know, um, in yep. fact, this last trip, I, I mentioned this to you before, this last trip, <laughs> and I, I mentioned this on the show too, but this is a theme that's just reasserting itself to me so often in such powerful ways that I know I got to talk about it. Um, one of the <laughs> biggest messages was, you know, for humanity was just, we've got to stop focusing on illness and start focusing on wellness. And so, yeah even though I felt that it was really important to bring up the whole illness thing because of our attitudes towards it and just get that out on the table and, and look at that. Now I'm ready to move on <laughs> and, yes. talk about, <laughs> and talk about the, the opportunities we have in, um, in not focusing on it so much, you know, being aware of it, that's fine. Um, but I think that there are even greater opportunities in, in focusing on, on, you know, what is good, what's, what's well, you know, uh, we see a healthcare system that was built on focusing on illness. And I'm not saying that some good things haven't come out of it, obviously, some not so good things as well. Right. But what opportunities are there there if we, if we now focus on wellness instead? Um, and I think that that's the shift that we're making. I do. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. In the whole world. I mean, everyone knows, at least in our Western society, of course, like the system is broken and it is focusing on not only just focusing on illness, but also taking people's power away. Like, um, oh, not acknowledging it exists to begin with, you know, and right. that's what we're really delving into now is discovering this. Um, that's a huge thing that the medicines reveal. Um, ready or not <laughs> you know yeah. amen to that <laughs> yeah it, it's just it, it's we're hit with it and I think that they realize that 
this is such a big thing for us to conceive of that we ha it has to be approached in many different ways over time and for each of us and individually in different ways according to who we are. But um, yeah, this is the biggest and most important message there is um, and, and how we create our own reality. Right. And just being willing to do that without um, any attachments about what it looks like, just letting love guide the way. Yeah. So um, this is another big to topic um, because the medicines, in addition to um, to showing us our power um, and, and bringing that up, you know, it's like, hey, guess what? This is a thing. <laughs> so <Yeah>. nice. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if we were talking about this for years as, as we were growing up, you know, to, to really get to know that part of ourselves. But anyway, we're doing it now. And there's this, this, um, these, these spiritual allies of ours, they ask us to take responsibility for our lives. Well, how can we do that if we're not, if we're not, we don't have something to do with, with how our lives go. And obviously, you know, there's an implication there that we are creating our own reality. Right. Absolutely. There's so much power in that. Um, just trusting if I'm experiencing this, then, um, spirit and my soul must have a purpose. <laughs> There's something to learn here. And so if we can always see it that way, then you're going to get fruits out of it. Mm -hmm. There was um, a deep shift in my thinking years ago, like 15, 20 years ago, that idea was presented to me. What if all of this abuse that you experienced in childhood of various degrees, what if your soul chose that in order to learn and grow? And I was like, I don't like this, but I'm going <laughs> to accept this and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. And over time, it became very empowering. Yeah, it always is. It's always shocking at the beginning, but but empowering in the end. And that's the important thing. Um, I think that when we look at, I, I think there's a lot of confusion around it. Um, understandably, this is a very unique and different way of looking at the world, you know, and of approaching our lives. Um, but this is what the medicines invite us to do. And um, I can see that there may be the same similar reactions to what we were discussing around illness, you know, these judgments and accusations and things like that. And um, because we know there's some not nice things happening in the world. But um, right. again, uh, we we have a choice as to what we focus on, and I do. Yeah, and and it's not an easy one, and and I don't it's know not, if you're wrong about it either. I I just think that it's a choice. It is a choice, but it and, and and you know even deeper. Yes, it's a choice, and and I really believe that the quality of our inner world is going to reflect in the outer world. So if we're showing up for ourselves. We're doing our part in the best way that we can, you know, whatever that looks like. Um, and the more people that we show compassion toward, the more people that we can respect, be kind to, and let that ripple out. And then also, you know, just being willing to look at our own thought patterns, belief systems, all these things. We were talking also about um, the parallels between the divisions we see in the world 
and and what's happening on on a physical level with us you know the kinds of illnesses that we have that represent um, us working against ourselves you know mm-hmm and so when we are not you know it's so for me you know i've dealt with parasitic things yes yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people have me. them right you, i mean yes we've discovered so All of us do. just to let you know out there i know that it sounds really like strange and foreign but it's far more common than than we realize because again this isn't something that that we discuss openly a lot, but you know, right. here we go. Another one right out of the closet. Boom. And that's boom. <laughs> there we go. And it's, you know, us not being willing to look away. I know so many people, when I first found out I was devastated, I'm like, what? I live in the United States. Like how did this happen? You know, but when we become aware of these things, we really need to look at the whole picture. And over time I started to equate this as these parasitic um, ways of thinking, believing that that had been programmed into. It. I was like, "Wow, this is actually kind of psychosomatic." Like, what have I willing been willing to look at in myself, in the world, taking responsibility, like you said, for everything that happens to the earth, to ourselves? What are we eating? Where are we getting it from? You know, just understanding that when we don't allow ourselves to be good stewards of this life. Um, and I think as humans, we are, you know, the most conscious stewards on the planet, it would seem, I don't know, the plants are pretty conscious. <laughs> oh, wow. We are so <laughs> conscious. <laughs> yeah. They're You're helping us how to really be conscious. Yes. <laughs> right. We think we were, but really they're teaching us better. Yeah. So we do, you know, that's one of the best gifts that we, that I haven't, you know, mentioned out loud is just the, the humility that working with the plants brings us. Absolutely. It's so beautiful. <laughs> and important. Absolutely. Yeah. Because there's barriers. If, if we don't allow that to happen, then that, that is a barrier to our learning. Absolutely. I think the sort of stance of righteousness I may have had 10 years ago about thinking that this, this was this way, or this was this way, or maybe even being like too serious in my spiritual practices, you know, just this rigidness. And I needed those structures broken down. So I'm grateful to the medicines for breaking me down, for showing me the areas where I'm not compassionate or I'm judgmental. Um, yeah, that's been crucial. Yeah, and the rigidness. I, I, I like how you were describing that. Um, they're, they're so deliberately playful at times. It's really quite amazing. Um, and and I, 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 there's so much gratitude in me for that because that's one thing that when I was brought up with um, this religion that I, I really rejected at an early age but was still immersed in in terms of you know it was the atmosphere that I was I was you know growing in and yeah. um, and there was no there was very little joy or humor you know and there was certainly humor in my family and and it was a good coping mechanism but I mean it could be so much more than that and and what I discovered through the medicines is that the spirituality and and humor and and all that playfulness it's all blended in and it's lovely the way that you know it it's there really yes yeah 
Yes, it's so funny. I can't, I'm sure you've experienced this when you're going through something very difficult with the medicine, maybe it's emotional pain, maybe spiritual pain or something, and you'll be like really sad. And then all of a sudden she'll flip the script and just show you the cosmic joke in it all. And you like, you can't stop laughing. You're like, oh my goodness, this is hilarious. This isn't like I'm, it's, we tend to, because we make things so serious, we can't see the lighter side of things. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's that's happened many times, and and it's medicine in itself. The laughter, right? It's it's yes, it's such good medicine, <laughs> such good medicine. Yeah, it's great, mm-hmm. and it's it's good medicine for us, like um, in our daily lives. Um, in other words, the heaviness we were talking about earlier about you know the guilt and shame and and those kinds of things. The way the habit that we have of approaching things in certain ways and. Um, you know, choosing the, to approach things with open curiosity is, is available to us, you know, and just knowing that and, um, and hu- humor is a good way of snapping us out of that heaviness and, and into that open curiosity, you know? Absolutely. It's like finding that childlike curiosity again is so crucial. <laughs> oh, God, we could learn so, we do learn so much from children. I do. I yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, absolutely. They are the best. <laughs> Our inner child is so important. And so if we can let that childlike love be what is holding this world, then everything could be beautiful. There is so much beauty, despite all that's going on. There is so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And when we talk about children, you know, um, I think that I had the impression for the longest time, like a lot of people, that there are adults and children. And even though we we call ourselves adults and children, um, I now regard all of us as children. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. (laughs) It's impossible for me to see it any other way. And, and it's, it's, it's a relief really, because I know that all of that childlike wonder and curiosity and innocence is available to me. And I also know that I'm still learning just like, like my son and and all the rest of them. And that all that, that great stuff, we don't have to let go of, you know, we don't. It lifts a huge weight off of our shoulders for one. And then for two, it allows us to be more gentle with others. Oh, you're an adult. You should know this. You know, no, I am a child. I am a spiritual child. I am learning just like everybody else. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, um, it also calls into question the nature of responsibility. Um, because I, I know everybody's got their own version of what that means. And there's this assumption when I was growing up that everybody meant the same thing, but I, I know that that's not true now. And some of the responsibility I've been introduced to is has to do with um, the responsibility to myself, um, which yeah. is something that, again, just didn't come up as I was growing up. And I'm sure I'm not alone there either. And so there's a major shift happening, too, that we're all starting to learn what that means, our responsibility to ourselves, because yes, yes, we're responsible for our children as well. But um, guess what? You know, he is looking to me, our children are looking to us uh, in terms of how they're going to behave with themselves. So if we're good to ourselves, we're teaching them how to be good to themselves. (laughs) 
That's amazing. Yeah. That's huge. And I think, you know, for me and for many others that I've worked with, codependency is, is, has been so prevalent because a lot of our parents are just not taking care of themselves, running around doing for us and others and making everything else more important than themselves. And then we learn that, oh, I come last. (laughs) And that is very debilitating. Yes. Yeah, something's got to change there. And it is. I know it is. And it's not easy. You know, it's not easy to be caught between um, the traditions that I've been brought up with and what I'm being introduced to now. And then I'm trying to parent at the same time, but I'm I'm managing the best I can and and being a, a major part of that shift. And I know there's tons of other parents out there doing the same thing. And yeah, I think that I think we're doing it. I, I really do so much respect for that like so much respect for parents who are openly on the spiritual path and willing to change and grow i can't think of anything really more powerful than you know your child watching you evolve and watching you be willing to change your mind and you know see them as your equal and we're learning together here it's just it's a beautiful thing to um consciously grow spiritually with your family, with your children. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is that segues nicely into our next subject that I knew came, I know came up in our previous conversation, and I really wanted to revisit it because it was very interesting. Um, personally, even though I have um, I have had experiences in terms of ceremonies with uh, with different. Um, shamanic practitioners different maestros and maestros and uh and um you know uh what we call shamans um mm-hmm. i haven't really had training under any particular shaman or i've had shamanic training um but it came in a different way um first it was it was formal um with a an organization that learned through many practices across uh, over the world and, and came up with um, some protocols uh, that were a combination of all of those, those learnings. Um, and then as I move forward, it was, it was these guides, you know, that, that shamans themselves um, learned from. And every time I tried to go and find a teacher, which I desperately wanted, by the way, for many years and, mm-hmm. and begged for and looked for and and kept failing to find and um and in the end I realized that it was all very intentional because I was just meant to continue to follow this guidance and it just in the end by the time those people were available to me I realized that I I had kind of gotten over those humps myself with with the guidance that I was being continually given and that that was the lesson for me but having said that you know and it's not everybody's path and I get it um and, and I love the fact that we all have very unique paths. Um, I love to hear from people who have gone that route and, and some of the experiences that happened because I think that um, everybody's so different. Every experience is so different. And I think we've got to dispel some myths out there about this is the way everybody's got to do it um, kind of thing. And I don't think that that's true. I think that there's all kinds of ways people are learning and growing and, and they're all pretty amazing. So I, I would love to hear about your experiences that you spoke about earlier and, and how we learn from that too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, um, 
ayahuasca found me. I didn't find her. I didn't even know what it was when I sold everything and moved across the country <laughs> um, over to California. And so eventually, um, and at the time PTSD was running my life, I, I was, um, I had just become a yoga teacher a, a little while before that. I'd been practicing yoga for about a decade though. Um, and so I was introduced um, by a person. Um, I was at this Native American ceremony ground where I kind of ended up. It was a wolfing program, Worldwide Organization of Organic Farms. Nice. And yeah, it was magical. <laughs> um, and so there was some Native American ceremony happening around there. And eventually an ayahuasca retreat came and I was exposed, but I wasn't, um, I didn't even have the money to go at the time. I was just interested, whatever. Eventually someone offered me um, to pay for a ceremony. So I went through this ceremony and wow, wow, it changed my life. It like just showed me compassion and took me into the lives of my abusers and things that they had been through and forgiveness and just areas where I had been too rigid and all these things. So I knew like that night that ayahuasca had the um, ability to change the world, that it really has this ability to heal deep trauma and to clear our programs and all these things. So I knew I was, um, I knew that was my path in some way, but I knew it was nowhere near ready, you know, so it took a few more years for me to come back. I had a lot to unpack and I ended up later at um, a retreat center also <laughs> um, that took teachings from various different shamans. And so we would have different shamans come visit and we would learn from them. Um, but I never, I knew the whole time that yoga was really important. And in fact, when I eventually um, worked at the center for a while, I was like, look, you don't really have any integration tools here. Can I be your yoga teacher? <laughs> and, and she had this because it was so crucial in my own integration. Right. And these daily practices and, and, um, breathing, moving, uh, learning how to study my mind, taking these concepts that um, I'm not this body, this mind, this whatever, like just really opening myself up to spirit and the information there and the mantras, all these things. So um, I have studied with shamans along the way and I have never like you, while like I really thought, oh, okay, I'm going to go live in the jungle for a while, you know, six months, a year, longer, whatever. Every time I almost did it, something would turn me back to the United States and spirit would say, your work is here. Your work is here. Your work is here, which was really mm. interesting. Yeah. And um, while there is a lot to learn from especially traditional shamans who have been working with these plants for thousands of years through their lineage, you know, that's beautiful. That's great. But I kind of, um, I think we all learn this lesson the hard way. You know, I put a couple of them on a pedestal <laughs> thinking that, you know, they could do no wrong. And when it came down to it, they were actually also human. <laughs> yes, as it turns out. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. it's crazy. Yeah, and it's a disservice to do that to anybody, right? I agree. I agree. Yeah. And, and just finding out, too, that it is so empowering and important that I stay empowered with my spirit, with my guides also, like, 
yes, let me take it and yes, let me learn this beautiful medicine song and, and all of this, but also like what's coming through me. I really feel strongly that, you know, ayahuasca moved out of the jungle for a reason, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Um, she wants to evolve because life is meant to evolve. Um, because we have to change our ways and, and not everybody's going to go to the jungle, you know? Um, but I do have a great deal of respect for so many people who have these traditions, you know, and, and who are sharing this with us. I I do want to make that clear, you know, again, everybody's path is different. And those who, Mm -hmm. there are many who have, you know, had the honor of working with some extremely talented and gifted um, maestros and maestros and, and medicine men and women. And, and I, I thank God for them. (laughs) Absolutely. And I will continue to go back to the jungle and study and all these things. But I also think that it's important as you agree, I think many people agree because so many people do feel called to this path in one shape or form or another. Like it's, it's, a healing unlike any other it's um an awareness expander unlike any other it's it's such a beautiful medicine and i know there are other medicines sure. also that are beautiful yeah um, and it's not for everybody <laughs> it is not for everybody that is true because yeah. it is very difficult oh so difficult right and that's something that's important to emphasize sure. as much as we possibly can all those layers and all that stuff we're going through yeah that started with the medicine and there's no way back. <laughs> right. So true. Like ayahuasca is with you. You know, I, like I said, when I drank, I didn't drink again for a few more years. I had so much to unpack and, and just change in my life. And she never left though. Like she yeah. was always with me. You take the time to meditate. You take the time to journal. You take the time to just sit with spirit and call her, ask ayahuasca, we come visit, you know, and she does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and which is amazing. It's so amazing. <laughs> and we all have our own unique relationship with her too. And and some have a relationship with um, ayahuasca in a male form. Like there's, um, I, I met an Ecuadorian um, shaman who uh, ayahuasca appears as a, a sort of, you know, a grandfather and, and this is beautiful. Yeah. What we were talking about too, um, I just, I want to make sure we touch on this um, was sometimes we approach the whole world of, uh, you know, shamans, which there's many other titles that I'm going to acknowledge, but you know, we, we do tend to understand, have an understanding of our own ideas of shamans anyway, Uh, teachers, um, medicine people, um, and we, we do, some of us, bring those old habits um, from these hierarchical, um, you know, institutions that we're used to associating with religion and spirituality and put them on these pedestals, you know, and then play the same games, you know, <laughs> that, that we have in the past with, with those kind of, you know, structures. And, and I, I think we learned pretty quickly that, that that's not um, a good idea and a good way to go because they are human and you know we've certainly learned about um the kinds of things that have happened in ceremony there there have been abuses um there have been yeah there's been sexual abuse um 
the same kinds of they, they suffer in the same way that other people do with with struggling with power and you know their own issues um yeah. we're all in this together you know but i really wanted to hear you tell that story about this one um person who was teaching you because something really important came up there and it was very empowering and it was something where you discovered in your own knowing that you know you didn't agree with this teaching and and i think those moments are important to understand too there's a couple of teachers that it could have been <laughs> it was and, about the soul remember mm, i do remember how could i not remember there was um a master teacher I, he is a master um we're sitting in a group together and as he's or in orientation he's talking about how um, some shamans can steal your soul. <laughs> and in my body, it felt totally, absolutely false. Mm -hmm. you know? So I raised my hand. I'm like, excuse me. So you're telling me that someone's soul can be stolen, enslaved, never to be returned. And he's like, yes. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I, I had no thank god I had no problem with sharing that but like beliefs like that are so um they can be enslaving if you do believe them right exactly I, that was that that is the enslavement right there if right. somebody believes that then there they go they're they're giving it away right so we have to be so careful about what we allow ourselves to believe mm -hmm. um, you know, just, just that, like never giving our power away to any belief or any person, you know, like we have the freedom to be sovereign. We are part of spirit. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. There's and, and there's no wisdom that exists that, you know, that, that doesn't connect to something in you. And immediately there was something in you that knew that that was false. And you immediately and beautiful. That's something to trust, right? That's something yes. very powerful in you. Yes. And I'm so grateful that I did. You know, I continue to study from that teacher for another year and a half or so. Um, and eventually, you know, along the way, I just learned while while he's a master teacher in some areas, there are many things that that just weren't good and I was like, oh man, it broke my heart. <laughs> yeah, things that that didn't didn't resonate with you. Yeah, right, right. And so, I think that those are necessary things to go through. Though, like those experiences, are what um, empower us or not. Yeah. Am I going to choose to listen to that voice inside of me, mm -hmm. or am I just going to listen to them because? they're Peru from this lineage, whatever, you know, um, or Colombia or Ecuador, wherever your shaman comes from. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not really about that. It, it's about, it's about this deeper stuff, you know? Um, yeah. and, and that's, what's going to really um, move us forward in this world. Um, it's not, it doesn't matter what label it has on it. However, um, beautiful and rich that history is, um, the truth is, is something separate from all of those things, you know, the truth Absolutely. doesn't come from one land. 
it does not it does not and you know it doesn't even like at this point you know I didn't even think of him as like bad I'm like thank you for giving me that opportunity it's not bad (laughs) yeah well you know this is bringing up something that's important too. this good guy bad guy thing I mean we were a lot of us were brought up with this too um especially in the movies it's like who's the bad guy i go over to <laughs> my son all the time and and i have to correct him and i know that it's really annoying <laughs> <laughs> i try to explain to him you know this is really going to get us in the end because guess who's going to be the good and bad guys it's going to be us right <laughs> i mean you know and and then and then we're we're kind of lost right so if we keep playing this good guy bad guy game it, it, it we, we all lose in the end um so really? but and it's a simple way of looking at things, but I, I think it's much simpler. You know, we're we're all learning and we're all unique. And uh, and yeah, we we choose. You know, we we choose what we participate in and what we don't. And that's that's that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And we get to see what happens when we make these choices. You know, and beautiful thing about being human is we get to make new choices every day. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. In the end we're not up against bad guys. We're up against ourselves. And it's true. Yeah. This is, this is forever. This, the same teaching that comes through these medicines in one form or another, but really that's, that's the bottom line. It's always <laughs> you. Yes. It's always us. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and it's not easy. Always um, being presented with this us coming up against ourselves. So this is why the medicine's going to challenge all of us and and why not everybody's ready for it. Um, right? Yeah. Cuz it's you know it's not easy to um to move beyond duality. But when we do it's so freeing. Like we no longer feel separate. We understand that there's no good guy. We're just all learning. We're here together. We're learning, we're growing. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's the definition of freedom right there. You just said it. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. In keeping with that theme, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to close um, on this theme that continually comes up for me. And I know um, you've had your own experiences with this, where um, this other lesson about what we focus on, because this is, um, enormously important right now. All of us, we know <laughs> there's this great temptation because of what's happening in the news and everything of where our focus lies. And it is a choice. And, and uh, you know, again, there's no right and wrong, um, but there, there's choice. And uh, for those of us who feel that it, we might benefit from it greatly, there is a choice where we can focus on on wellness and on our own power and and those kinds of things. Um, this is a lesson that came to me very recently, um, even when I was in Peru just before the whole coronavirus hit um, about, uh, you know, if we don't focus on this, we do so at our own de- to our own detriment. So um, it's a practice though, it's, it's a challenge. It's not easy. It's, you know, doing something very different than, what we've been trained to do for years and years is, is not easy, but um, I do think that there are immense benefits to just open up to that possibility. That's a beginning. I agree. I agree. And just be willing to do it no matter if it's popular or not. <laughs> yeah. And, and we don't even have to go and shout about it and tell everybody what we're doing. 
Um, this is something that takes place inside of us, you know, in your own mind and in your own heart. Um, give yourself permission or uh, open up to the possibility of feeling bliss or feeling even well or feeling peace or yes. feeling hope, feeling excitement about what might come uh, might might come to you, what might happen to you um, instead yes. of allowing all of this drama externally write that story for you you know take the pen in your own hand and you start to write that story and, and what kind of story will you come up with and start right. to entertain those thoughts in your mind and you see where that takes you because it's very powerful yes and we cannot really um, activate or empower change if we're hanging out in those lower dense energies and you know I'm not saying that we have to bypass like whatever feelings we have about certain things but like don't take too much of that in like do focus on what you can do which is your inner world allow yourself to feel the bliss like it is a blessing to be alive no matter if you're going through a challenge or not yeah yeah sure and if you choose to explore that explore to this purpose you know what's the what's the end game for you I mean are we are you working towards the point where you are writing your own you know your own reality out and and what will that look like so right. is that is that a goal and then try it out you know um yes. there are times when i'm in states where um it's not pretty or easy for me to you know hear this stuff but i get this constant guidance along those lines and i'm telling you there's something to it because when i give way to it everything changes for the better and it's a practice. It's something that we can get better at too. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so important. And I think, you know, moving through illness on a personal level empowers you to be able to do that on a bigger level also. So it's all a gift. It's like choosing that. And we are worthy. Yes. Okay. That's a whole other <laughs> subject. The self-love one. We'll have to go into that next time. <laughs> yes. Yes. All of it's related to that too. So, but on that note, um, it's time to to sign off. And I'm wondering, Nishala, if you can uh, give everyone an opportunity to get a hold of you if they'd like to. Um, yeah, yes. so if you can share the information you feel like sharing. Okay, of course. Um, you can find me on Facebook through my business page. It's Ever Rising Life Arts. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at Ever Rising Life Arts. My email address is everrisinglifearts at gmail.com. So that's Ever Rising Life Arts? Yes, I am. Gmail.com. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Nishala, so much for joining me today. I know we've been planning this for a long time, and yes. I'm so glad it finally happened. Me too. Thank you so much, and yes. take care. You too. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Talk soon. I'd like to personally thank Michael Craddock and Savannah LeRae for their support of this podcast. They are my allies in this ayahuasca integration path. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more ayahuasca integration and personal growth content, please visit RebeccaHayden.com.